I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This week um, I'm going to be talking about writing and trying to answer a few questions such as how do we encourage our children to write? Is essay writing necessary as a preparation for university? And how do we gain good writing skills? Now I've invited my daughter Imogen to uh, join me for this podcast. I'm hoping that she'll share some of her writing thoughts and skills with me. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself, Imogen? Hi, I'm Imogen. I'm 19. I'm the fourth child out of eight. And I'm in the third year of my Bachelor's of Writing and Publishing. So obviously I really enjoy my writing. What are your first memories of writing, Imogen? When do you think you started writing? I can't remember a time when I wasn't writing and when I wasn't telling stories. I was writing down my stories as soon as I could. And before that, I was drawing them. Do you remember those really long stories Charlotte and I used to draw on pieces of paper? We ended up with 50 pieces of scrap paper with this whole big long story told on it, drawn out in crayons. I do remember you sitting side by side at the table with your drawing things and you would chat away and tell the story and add a bit more to the drawing and then swap the, the pages over and draw some more and change things. And it must have been some fantastic stories that you were telling as you were doing that. So do you think that's a sort of like um, a good way for children to get into writing uh, before they have the skills to actually put the words down on paper to actually draw their stories and to chat about them verbally? Yes, because you're learning what makes a story and you're exercising your imagination and those two things are really important if you want to um, write a story. I mean, I was drawing all those stories and I was I was thinking up events to happen I was imagining it and imagining all those things and having those stories and just being used to telling stories it just made it easier when we came to that logical step of moving on to actually writing them down. So a child uh, needs to have a reason for writing don't they? They want to if they really want to put down their stories on paper they're more likely to actually gain the writing skills. Yes that's right they have they'll have to want to tell the story first to want to learn all the skills needed to put it all down, like you know, spelling and grammar and that. So we've talked about this before a few times, about how you could have all the, uh, the best writing skills in the world. You could be a very good speller, know how to put sentences together, but if you have nothing to write about, uh, they're not going to be any use, are they? No, they're not. <laughs> they're so, just abstracts. So in some ways, having a reason for writing is more important than actually knowing how to write. Well, that's right, because having a reason to write means you're going to write. And if you're going to write, you're going to learn the skills that you need to write. And you can learn them without wanting to write, but they're not going to stick. You're just learning them by rote. Just like doing a workbook, do it because you have to, whereas if you're writing and using them all the time, you're learning them because you want to, because you want to use them to make your writing better and to better say what you want to say. So you, you, you don't think that um, uh, writing courses like spelling uh, courses, all these fantastic websites that try and teach you how to spell, uh, grammar workbooks and everything, that's not the way to encourage a child to love writing? No. The way to encourage a child to love writing is just to encourage them to write. and Because doing the grammar and doing the spelling can actually take the fun out of it. You're just learning things because you have to. And there's no, you don't see a reason for it. 
You learn your spelling while you're writing, and there's a reason for it. You're using these words, you're using the spelling, whereas you learn it by rote, and there's no point. It's just another set of letters that you've got to memorise the order of. So I just remember um, uh, Gemma Rose. She's uh, 10, and uh, I had one of those weak moments a few years ago when I said to her, well, I already knew that uh, children just pick up spelling as they go along, and but I had a weak moment with her, and I thought, said... Would you, would you like me to enroll you in a spelling course, one of these fantastic online courses? Because they're all very attractive, all these websites. And they were, haven't always been around, especially with my older children. And uh, one day I thought, well, maybe I ought to offer her the spelling course. And she said, no, thank you, Mom. And I said, well, how are you going to learn to spell? And she said, I'll pick it up as I go along. And she has, hasn't she? She has. <laughs> I was really amazed how quickly she did it. She, uh, yes, refused to, to do spelling with me, but she has been a prolific writer. And one day I was looking over her shoulder and she had every single word spelled correctly. And I said, well, when did you learn to spell? <laughs> Obviously, she had picked it up as she went along, just as you said she was. So, yes, I agree that spelling courses and grammar workbooks and all that are not important if you want to learn to write. So, but one thing that um, even if some mothers uh, can get past that and uh, decide that spelling books and things, uh, they'll miss out on all those. When a child gets to the end of high school years, I think that's another time for panicking, isn't it, for mothers? It is. You always, <laughs> want, to, you always want to know that your child's going to go to university with the right skills. That's right. And you've been, uh, had a few years in the middle there where it's been easy to relax and just take things as they come, and then you have an, another panicky moment uh, the year before a child is ready to move on to university and start to think, well... Is she prepared enough for university? Have I done everything right? Have I helped her with all the skills that she needs? And one of those skills that everybody seems to talk about is essay writing. So how many essays did you write, Imogen, before you went off to university? Two, and they were terrible, and I didn't like them. (laughs) We were talking about this earlier um, as we were pre- preparing for this uh, conversation, and I couldn't even remember those two essays. Um, and then Imogen tells me that I had a weak moment, and I said, what did I say? He said, well, you, you're going to need to know how to write essays when you get to uni, so you could better write some essays in preparation. So I did, and I wrote a couple, and I didn't enjoy writing them, and they didn't turn out very well, and in the end we just gave up. So... Um, I guess maybe another mother would have persisted and made you do them. But me, 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 I sort of said to myself, well, well, um, obviously that idea wasn't right for us. And I think that sometimes as a mother we do pick up on other people's ideas and we question our own way of doing things and we do panic at certain points. But uh, I was uh, sensible enough, wasn't I, at that point to admit that this wasn't right for us and that we should just uh, go back to what we were doing, leave the essay writing and um, I knew you were a good writer anyway uh, and I did think that you were clever enough to pick it up when you needed it and you didn't need it in the last year of, of school so we um, we dropped that idea, didn't we? Thankfully. <laughs> now, now what happened at uni? You went off to uni with two bad essays under your belt. Did you feel ill-prepared? No, because... One of the first things I learned at uni is that the high school essay and the university level essay are two completely different things. So if I could write a perfect high school essay and if I went to university, it would be completely different to what they wanted. So me coming in with no real essay skills, not really knowing what I was doing there, was actually really good because I learned how to write an essay the way they wanted it instead of having to relearn. 
And they don't expect you to know, at least they didn't for my degree, they didn't expect me to know how to write a proper essay. It was one of those things that they taught me in my very first unit was how to write a good essay the way I'm going to have to write it throughout the rest of my degree. So not having learnt how to write high school essays didn't really put me behind at all because they teach it to you. And I guess, or well, you did an introduction to tertiary or university learning units as your very first one, which was a very good choice, wasn't it? It was. But I, if that unit isn't available, there, you can easily um, pick up a module, a preparation module online. I know our open universities um, offer a number of those kind of units you can just do one on essay writing so doing it just before or as you start a university degree is um that's when you should do it isn't it it is not worry about writing an essay every couple of weeks during high school years as a preparation no because essay writing is just another form of writing as long as you've got your writing skills you can pick it up it's not that difficult so it's just uh, learning a different form of writing putting the words in a different structure just a slightly different way of expressing what you want to say i guess you're you're able to cope with all that. You, Yeah, because the most important thing is knowing what you want to say. It's not knowing the form to put it in yet. Okay, then. Well, tell me a little bit about your writing degree. What You said you're into just starting your third year, which is your final year. What sort of things have you been learning about? Well, I've been learning about all kinds of fiction, all kinds of non-fiction. My, my big goal is to be an author and an editor. So I get to pick a lot of... I get to pick almost all my units... And I've been gearing them all towards my fiction writing, so I like to study magazine articles because they're interesting to write. But I also like to study um, like writing for teens because that's what I'm interested in, and editing because I want to be an editor. So learning about the editing and the publishing industry, I find that really interesting. So when I went to uni, um, I was, it was just a matter of course. It's just what we all did what are you going to do when you go to university? And it was expected that I would go to university. And I didn't really enjoy my university at all. I did science degree, which was totally wrong. I really wish I'd done something like you're doing. But I chose the wrong thing. Uh, I didn't really know what my interests were at that stage going through the school system. I didn't have a chance to experiment and to get to know myself and my interests very well, which you have had that chance to do, haven't you? I have. And actually you have had you have quite a few interests. Was it difficult to choose writing because you, you're not just a writer, you've other other interests and passions as well? In the end, it was really the logical choice. I had a couple of ideas, careers before that, but they were sensible ideas, not my passionate ideas. Like I wanted to be a doctor because I used to do first aid and I thought, oh, that's just like a logical step. But it wasn't what I was passionate about. Whereas I've been passionate about writing for as long as I can remember. It's it's part of my way of life. So to go from something I was passionate in to wanting to study about it at university and make it my career, it was just normal. It was just logical. So, uh, yes, I noticed that when you're doing your uni course, you are enjoying it. You're not just going through the motions to, um, to get the degree at the end, are you? No, the... Uni course is something I do because I want to do it. But you are learning a lot from but it. But I am learning a lot from it, and that's the reason I'm doing it, because I want to learn more. I want to know more about what I'm doing. Okay, now tell me this. Obviously, you've written some essays. Have you passed your essays? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I know quite a bit about essay writing, and I can write a fairly good essay now. Now, I know Imogen wouldn't want to say it, but she is doing very well at her degree, which I think is very encouraging for other unschoolers to know that she is uh, excelling at her degree after be, 
being, well, she already still is an unschooler and having no structured learning and no structured writing um, for her school years, that yes, she is doing very well in her degree. Okay, so we talked about university. Um, let's go back a few years. Let me just imagine there's some listeners who have children who they would like to encourage to write more because I think there's two things that unschooling mothers worry an awful lot about. One is maths and the other is writing. Will my children learn maths and will they learn to write? I hear a lot of mothers um, talking about these two things. And they feel they ought to make their children do maths and make their children write something so that they uh, gain those skills which, well, Dad, you know, Dad, my husband's a school teacher. You know, they're numeracy and literacy, aren't they? They're the oh, two yes. big things in school and they're the things they get tested on. And I guess we have that overflows into homeschooling. Um, homeschooling parents also worry about those things. Well, we're all writers, aren't we? Yes. Everybody writes. So. I don't have to worry about encouraging our children to write. And I sometimes wonder why not. Why are we writers? Why do you think, Imogen? I think because all us children have grown up with an example. I mean, you and Dad used to do a lot of writing. I always remember you writing a lot when I was small. So it just made sense. You were writing. It must be something good to do. I, I should try writing. I should write things. And it was just something that we always did. It was just normal. Just part of our lives. It was. Right, so um, a good example from parents then, you feel? Yes, having, having a good example to lead and show like a value of writing because especially creative writing, there's not always a lot of value put on it. It's, you know, need to, need to know how to write for an essay, need to know how to write for university, got to do it, got to do it, but there's got to be a value in it. And we certainly value fiction writing in our family, don't we? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's also good to share writing, isn't it? Even though, so if we just say that if uh, um, a mother would like her child to write more, that she should actually write herself, it's a good idea. Yes, give give the child an example. You no, know, it's not just something that the parent wants them to do because it's their education, but because the parent thinks that it's good, it's useful, and just show the child that they're willing to do it. Just share a, and share a passion with the child. It never sort of works to, to go and tell children to do something that you're not doing yourself, is it? Oh, no. If you go and say, go and write something or go and do this, it's always better to say, would you like to see what I'm doing? Yes. And to share it that way. And then children quite often want to follow the example of their parents, don't they? They do. And if they don't want to follow the example of the parents in, you know, doing a lot of creative writing and writing novel after novel after novel like the rest of us do here in our family. Um, it's, it's not something to worry about because they'll learn the writing that they need to know as they go. So you think that um, even if you provide a good example of writing, some children are just not going to be writers. That's not their talents? Well, it's not their interest. I mean, not everybody wants to be a writer and that's okay. But a child will learn as much write, as many writing skills as they will need in life. Exactly. Just, they'll pick it up as they go along, just like we said with spelling and grammar. And also with maths. Exactly. Everybody, um, the big argument or the big discussion in, of maths is um, we must teach our children as much maths as possible, but really if they're left to themselves, they will pick up as much 
as they ever will need, won't they? They will. And some people will go beyond the um, necessary maths and become creative about it and be mathematical thinkers and want to go on and uh, ex expand that knowledge in ways beyond what we need. And it's the same with writing, isn't it? It is. Nobody needs to be a, a fiction writer as such for everyday purposes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, but it gets to fulfill your individual personal um uh, what would you say? Um, th those needs inside you. Yes. Need to express yourself. There's a personal need there, isn't there? Yes, and that's why you. Th that's the reason why you'd start wanting to write fiction. Yes, there is that need, isn't there, within a writer to share what's inside them? Yes, they've, they've got a story and they want to tell it, and that's very exciting. It is great feeling. And so we do a lot of that at home, don't we? Oh, Sharing yes. each other's writing and encouraging each other. So that brings me on to having someone to share your writing with, where we share with, within us. But tell us some of the other ways that, that you know children can share their writing. Well, one of the best ways I've found is to find a writing group. Um, I know quite a lot of writers online. I'm part of an online writers group for young writers, like young teen writers. And being part of that group is one of the best things. It's really helped me because you can talk with people around your own age, around your own ability, or maybe just a little bit ahead. And you can discuss writing and your problems and they will understand and they will share your excitement for your story and you can share theirs. And it really builds that love of writing and that enthusiasm for it. Yeah, there's nothing like talking with like-minded people is there about it, something you're all really passionate about. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what's the name of this one of the groups that you're involved with in case anybody else is interested? The group that I'm involved with is um, Go Teen Writers, which is a, it has a Facebook page for its group, and it's, it is for teen writers. So that's um, got the best group of writers I've found so far on the internet. Well, that's a good one. And the other one, the, uh, the other way of children sharing their writing is blogging, isn't it? It is. And blogging is a lot of fun. Um, I know Charlotte sort of hasn't written on her blog for ages, but she's got uh, distracted by other interests, hasn't she? Yes, all her artistic interests. All her drawing and stuff. But um, the other girls, Sophie, who's 13, Gemma Rose, who's 10, they've all had blogs for about three or four years now. Yeah. I think Gemma Rose was seven when she um, created her blog, and they, they post regularly, and I really am surprised at how much their writing has uh, developed through blogging. Do you think so? Oh, yes. Do it regularly and share it with people. And if you do anything regularly and you find an interest in it, it's going to improve. And you get some feedback, you're encouraged to write some more. Oh, yes. And I have noticed that... Um, Oh, I remember one time Sophie came to show me the first uh, chapter of her novel and it sounded very much like the first chapter of my novel. <laughs> <laughs> and she picked up on that. So sharing, you, know, you get ideas from other people and having a, a, an example, a role model to follow is a good way of learning, isn't it? It is. Which brings me on to reading. Do you think that if you're going to write, you need to read? Yes. Reading is one of the best ways to learn about writing because... If someone has got published, they know how to write. They know how to structure it, how to describe, how to write dialogue. And you, you read a book, even if you don't study it, you're going to be unconsciously picking up on how they've done it. And you can even go take it further and take their book. And, you know, you see something there you like, and you can take it and you can think, well, how did they do this and work it out? And it's really helpful for your own writing as well. Well, I remember the last book I read like that was the book, book Thief. 
the structure of that was so different. It was. And um, the story was good, very good. I enjoyed the story, but at the back of my mind, the whole way through the book was the structure of it, how he was telling the story. Did you find that? Yes, yes. Uh, very interesting, uh, having it, having the interesting narrator and the way it's all broken up and introduced. And it's intriguing to see how other people do that. I think that we wouldn't want to go out and copy it exactly, but it leads to other ideas of our own, doesn't it? It does. It sparks a sort of an idea maybe how you'd like to structure your own book. It opens up possibilities because there's certainly more than one way of writing or the styles are also very different. It's very exciting, isn't it? It is. What about, so when you're thinking about children and books, what happens, well, not so much as adults because we tend to be trying to develop our own style, but as children, uh, very much, I think, read uh, their favourite authors and then they might go away and try and write a story in the same sort of style as their favourite author. Do you think that's true? Yes, it's definitely true. I know when I was first reading like um, per the Percy Jackson books, I wanted to write exactly like that. I wanted to write in his funny voice and first person and write great books like that. It's, it's not the way I write. It's not really my style. But you learn a lot from copying your favourite authors. I guess it's like the old masters and painters. They had their understudies who would copy the same things over and learn the skills wouldn't they yes and then you get beyond that and you have your own creativity and you develop your own style but it is very good to read a lot and to copy other people's to start with pick up their ideas isn't it learn oh, yes. from them would you say you learn more from reading other people's books than you do from studying a how to write book I think so I mean how to write books they have their place and some of them are very good I've read some very good ones while I've been learning to write but there is no substitute for seeing it all in action. You can learn all the theory you like, but the best way to learn is just to see how it's done in the published books because that's, those are the people who know how to make it work. and you can, you can see it. And the best way to learn anything, is, for me at any rate, is to see it. And so we're talking about how to write books. We've never used a writing course as such. Uh, I've never... We've you know, uh, gone through a book with lots of chapters, how to use nouns, how to use verbs, you know, that type of thing, and uh, that's specifically written for children to learn how to write with exercises at the end of each chapter, have we? No. But what we have done is we've searched uh, Amazon, haven't we, and picked up a number of uh, interesting Kindle books about writing. Oh, yes. Aimed for adults, really, aren't they? Yes, a lot of writing books are aimed for adults. I... Personally, I haven't found a lot that are written for children, but even children can learn. Well, I, f I find that sometimes I read something and then I'll translate it into a more simple language for the, for the younger girls. Oh, yes. Um, if, you, if you're trying to teach children, it's a good idea to try and translate it a little bit because it can get very technical. So things like um, openings to uh, es well, not essays, such as stories or articles or blog posts, we've sat down and we've talked, brainstormed different ways of how to capture someone's attention. Exactly, from the first hook them in. Hook them in, that's right. Um, and these sort of things are very, very interesting to talk about and to read other people's ideas and then go away and try it yourself, aren't they? Yes. So we, we have used a number of, of books like that and um, we could, I suppose, make a little list of the ones that we've really enjoyed reading. Um, so where are we up to, Imogen? So what do you say about if making children write? Do you think you should make children write so many words a day? No. No. What would you think that will do? You make a, chi you make a child do something, they're not going to want to do it. 
I think if I'd been made to write and made to do writing exercises every day, I probably wouldn't like writing as much as I do now because it would seem like a chore. Whereas because I loved writing and because I wanted to tell my story, I wanted to do it anyway, It's you've got to have the love of writing before you start doing the writing. You can't make them write and make them love writing. You can make them do the writing, but the love's got to come from them. So really, if a child is not writing and you're being a good example and you're giving a lot of books, offering a lot of reading books and making a good writing environment and still a child it doesn't feel like writing, it really is a case of stepping back and trusting that when they want to write or when they need to write, they're going to write. Yes. Okay, well, what about an adult writer? I've, we had this question, uh, someone asked um, on my blog, or oh, it was months ago, and we're taking a long time answering this question, Imogen, has left a question about she's an adult, and what would Imogen suggest uh, to encourage an adult to write? She wants to write. You know, so what would you say? A listener wants to write, always wanted to be a writer. What should she do? Should she do a course? Should, how should she get herself writing? Just start. Just take your idea. I'm assuming that everybody has got an idea. Everybody has got a story that they'd like to tell. Take that story and just start. It's going to be bad when you begin. Everybody's first draft is bad. It's going to sound silly. It's going to look clunky. It's not going to look anything like a published book. And it can be discouraging. But the best thing to do is just to start writing. Because you'll learn what you need to know as you go. The first step is just beginning. Just getting the words down on the paper. Because... To be a writer is to get the words down and then to edit it and to rewrite and get and then make the book into what you've got the vision of it being. So nothing ever comes out right the first time, but you have to have something to work with and you're never going to have anything to work with if you haven't got the courage to actually begin. Exactly. Yeah, because when we write, I mean, I write a blog post even, it takes, I'm sitting there for quite a long time um, fine-tuning it. It doesn't come out perfect the first time at anything, does it? No, and there's nothing more scary than a blank page sitting there staring at you, waiting for you to begin. So really, you should just just start and keep on going, and then once you've got something there, you can go back and actually start making it into something a bit better. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I think another good thing is to uh, um, and surround yourself with writing by reading other people's writing, maybe pick up a couple of books about writing, not not uh, not how to write, or not sort of courses or anything, but what do you think? I think so. Um, the writers that you enjoy, so you like to uh, get excited about writing. Yes, yes, the books, books that make you want to go out and do something yourself. Yes, anything. But I've heard that people even writing diaries, they stop after about a week because they say they reread their diary entries and they say they sound silly. <laughs> I'm going to say I've never kept a journal because it always sounds silly too. Well, well I've been keeping one non-stop now for about seven years. Uh, don't worry about that. But I think the same thing as blog posts because they're very much journal entries for some people and people stop blogging because they say they sound silly. But I think that what it is is that people haven't developed their voices. Exactly. When you start out, you're still working out what's your personal way of saying something because everybody has their own personal way of saying something. The way I write something is not going to be the way you write something. And the first bit of writing is going to sound silly. It might sound childish. It might not come out right. The big thing is to keep going. Once you've started, just not to stop, just to keep going, keep working on it. 
Yes, I think it's, it's the thing is that it does develop with time, but you have to actually do the writing for it to develop. And the, just one more thing I want to talk about, leading on to what, something that's very uh, good if you want to be a writer, is NaNoWriMo. Yes. So tell us what NaNoWriMo is, Imogen. NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, is a challenge that's held in November, and writers all around the world take part in this event and try and write a 50,000-word novel in one month. And it's a tough challenge, but it is one of the best ways I know to write a book. And honestly, I love NaNoWriMo. Well, we've done it. This will be our fourth year, I think. Yes, I think so. And you've also done Camp NaNoWriMo a few times, which happens uh, two other months of the year, haven't you? That's right. So, um, yes, but this will be our fourth year. And there's a children's uh, NaNoWriMo too, and they get to choose how many words they do. How many words do you think Gemma Rose wrote last time? Maybe, was it 25,000 or 30,000? I think it was 30,000. Which is pretty good for a... Was it... Well, she was nine last time, wasn't she, she? was. She wasn't ten yet. So that's if she can write it, I think we, we all can, can't we? I think so. And I think the hardest thing about NaNoWriMo is that a lot of people join up very enthusiastic about writing, and by the end of the first week, half the people have dropped out. Yes, and Why do you think that is? Because beginnings are hard, and writing every day is hard. It's a big commitment to sit down and write every day, and you know, not to, not to look back at your writing and see how stupid it sounds. My beginnings, when I start, are terrible. It takes a few days to get into the story, and there are always a few days there. It's like, why am I doing this again? Why did I want to tell this story? But if you're feeling discouraged, just don't give up because the first week's often very hard. But once you get into it, then the book just keeps coming and you probably won't want to stop. Yeah, I think it's a magical moment, isn't there? That you're, you're going through the motions because you have to do your word count for the day. And then all of a sudden, everything clicks and it's a story. That's right. And all of a sudden, the words are just falling out of you uh, onto the screen and you're into the groove, I suppose. You've entered that creative, um, uh, whatever, the world and it gets exciting, isn't it? And you don't want anyone to interrupt you because it's all going well. Yes, but, so nobody knock on my door once I've got in there. But it also, it can also stop, can't it? It can. And you have to remember to keep on going again because the NaNoWriMo draft will be horrible. It will because it's written very quickly. It's just to get the words on the piece of paper and it's going to be one of your most terrible first drafts probably. But at the end of it, you make it to the end, you're going to have a story you can work with for the rest of the year. That's right. I mean, there's a few things about NaNoWriMo. You never look back. You never delete a word. If you think you've made some mistakes, you leave it. Um, I usually write a few notes saying what I'd like to change when I get to the editing stage. But you keep on pushing forward, don't you? That's right. Never delete a single word. No. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you write instead of write it's. You write it is. You've got two more words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get desperate for a word. <laughs> you stop hyphenating names so that you can have an extra word in there. Yeah, no, it's a lot of good fun. But, yes, and I think that um, oh, for my personal writing, it, I know you write faster than me, Imogen, but I'm an average writer, I suppose, maybe a bit faster than average. It only takes about an hour and a half writing every day to get that word count. Yes. What about you? Uh, for me, it takes a lot less, but that's because I've done a lot more writing. I do. I write most days, so my yeah. writing speed's a lot faster. Well, my writing is a sort of different writing to yours. I, I like the slow uh, thinking. You know, I wrote blog posts mostly, even though I've written, I've written a few books. But you're a novel writer, and you go fast. So I think that's about all we want to talk about. So if anybody would like to. Uh, um, 
Yeah, practice their writing, get into writing. Uh, NaNoWriMo begins on the 1st of November. It's about almost time to sign up, isn't it? It is. It's about oh, six weeks till it begins. So if you want to ever have dreams of writing your very first novel, now's the time to start writing a few notes, getting, down, uh, getting some ideas down on paper so that on the 1st of November you can start writing. But I tell you this, I think I signed up for my very first NaNoWriMo maybe the day or two before it began, and I only had... Oh, I think two sentences of an idea. I wanted to write a story about a family that had six children, all girls, all named after Shakespeare's heroines. And that was all I knew when I started my novel the day before. No other notes. And I wrote the, no- the novel. So and you won. I won. So, yes, I haven't quite finished. Oh, I was far from editing that one, but the story is down and I'm quite happy with it. So one day I might actually uh, finish the editing of that. So you don't really need a lot of preparation either. Well, I'd like to thank you, Imogen, for joining me today to talk about writing. We've talked quite a long time, but writing is a very interesting subject. Well, at least we think so, don't oh, we? Oh, definitely. So I'd like to thank you for sharing your thoughts and your skills with us today. And I hope that everybody has enjoyed um, listening to our podcast. And if anyone would like to uh, leave any questions for Imogen or I, please hop over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. And I should be putting up um, some program notes there as well, mentioning maybe a few books that we've read. Um, Blogs of Imogen's blog, if you'd like to uh, go over and visit. She has a writing blog. Want to tell us what your name of your writing blog? My writing blog is called Gossiping with Dragons. Well, thank you, Imogen. And thank you very much for listening.